Welcome everyone who's tuned in for my very first episode of Who Do You Think You Are? I'm Dr. Monica Chedda. I'm here to share a story with you, my story with you, and to have others come on and share their story with you as well. This podcast was inspired by, well actually the title of this podcast was inspired by the title of my book called Who Do You Think You Are? And I had a wonderful conversation with a friend and colleague of mine. His name's Evan Thompson. He's a wonderful copywriter if you're ever looking for somebody. But he looked at me and said, Monica, why aren't you doing a podcast? And I said, you know, Evan, I've been thinking about it for many years. I just haven't really put it into action. It's been a thought for a long time. I feel like I've just come up with so many excuses to not do this and so many reasons to not start it. Uh, And my biggest block right now is I don't have a title for it. So therefore I won't do it. And he said, holding up my book in his hand, Monica, your title's right here. What about who do you think you are? And so I owe it to Evan to pointing that out uh, because then I immediately was like, well, now I need another excuse. And uh, unfortunately, time is one of those excuses, I guess, most of us use to not start something. And uh, time for me is holding up so many other of my responsibilities that I can't put one more thing on it. And so here I am pulling the the uh, go signal on doing this podcast. So thank you so much for joining me today and listening. And I hope out of this episode, you are able to reflect something upon it for yourselves. And if you care to share, like, or share your experience about this listening, please give me a shout. I would love to hear from you. So I'm going to jump right in and tell you who I think I am or who I No, I am. I'm Dr. Monica Chedda. I am a South Asian raised in Toronto, Canada. Well, more specifically, born and raised in Markham, for those of you who know. And I am from a Hindu Punjabi family. And I also identify with the 2SLGBTQIA plus community. So for those of you privy to this knowledge, you may, or experience, you may know that that wasn't an easy road, but whose road is? Whose life is? What is easy? And so I want to hold this platform to give us a voice, give everyone a chance to come on here who would like to share their experiences of their life and how they've made it easier for themselves and what it took to move through such challenging times in our lives with ease. How do we get there? And with this podcast, I'd like to elevate our voices, let them be heard in a place that otherwise wouldn't have had an opportunity. Some of us would not have had an opportunity to speak in such a way. And when I think about, you know, a few things that had stopped me from doing this initially, starting this podcast, the biggest part to this was who would who would want to hear my voice? Why is it so important? Why are my stories 
useful? Who are they going to be useful to? You know, I felt like everything that was happening to me was so regular. And as I say this out loud, and I've said it before, everything that was happening to me was so regular. And that in itself was the reason to give my voice a space to breathe and to be heard. Because what I have experienced probably shouldn't have been regular, but it is. We've normalized our trauma. We've normalized what we go through because how else would we go through it? How else would we get through it? How else would we get to the other side of it to see how far we've come when we look back and we're like, wow, I did that. If you even have the thought in your brain to do that, please take a moment right now to look back at how far you personally have come from whatever trials and tribulations you've been through to give yourself a moment and take a breath and look back and think, wow, I've gotten here from all of that. And normalizing whatever we've been through and not giving it space to actually be, I feel like has allowed us to shove things into boxes to only explode from later. And so I knew that I needed to speak. People told me. People could see it. My friends could see it. My lovely, lovely, amazing friends could see it and have encouraged me so many times to use my voice to be heard because I don't know who might need to hear my voice today, my story today. Don't know who might need to hear that and relate to it or at least feel like, wow, okay, I'm not the only one going through something like this. And so here I am to tell, to share and tell my story of who I think I am and what got me here and what's going to continue to take me further from here on this journey of life. When I think about who do I think I am, that changes on a day-to-day basis. And today, I would like to discuss how I am my excuses. I am my reasons to be shy or to be hesitant to start or complete something. And I want to use this platform to allow myself but anyone else that wants to come on here to own it, (laughs) own who we think we are. And so I'm going to own it in this moment in front of all of you. I am somebody today and have been for many days, (laughs) somebody that has a hard time starting something new because of a lack in belief of the importance of myself and that thing. When I see other people doing amazing things like starting a podcast and continuing the podcast, making it a consistent behavior, that's the part that makes me really hesitant to even start because I've already thought about how I'm going to fail at consistency. And it's really interesting to me when I dive into that, because for myself, I am not 
somebody who is shy of consistency. I'm actually quite consistent. I'm quite committed to the things I get involved in. Um, I just have a tendency to allow myself to change my mind, which I think is so powerful and useful, but sometimes I misinterpret that as I've lost interest or I just don't want to see it through. And so it's this constant battle within myself to remember my ability to start something and not necessarily have to finish it, not have to see it through to its end, but see something through to my end of that thing. And if I've decided I no longer want to do it, I have to be okay with that because that's my decision and that's rightfully my decision. Now, when it comes to other things that actually require you to finish them, um, that becomes a problem sometimes, I think. Maybe. It depends. Again, everything is so relative to the context. And so today, talking about excuses or reasons for doing or not doing something and what gets us from point A to point B I think is quite uh, amazing to watch yourself be able to do. And I'm so grateful in this moment as I'm speaking, and actually I've hit the record button and I'm watching that timer going, that every excuse that I held possible to not do this, I'm having trouble remembering right now. I'm having trouble remembering why I didn't want to start because doing this feels so good and feels so right. And I think embodying yourself in the present moment as you complete a task, as you do the thing that you wanted to do but had trouble committing to, embodying yourself in that present moment allows you to continue to take steps with it. So it's no different than taking care of your health, working out, eating the right foods. It's remembering to be present in that moment, not in the moments past that held you back from getting there. Honor them, bow to them, let them be there because they will always be there. Things will always stop you from doing the thing you want to do. And the more resistance you feel towards something, there's probably something there for you to explore. I know there is for me. And so I had a lot of resistance and had a conversation with my friend Bhavna Bakshi and you know, she kind of shed some light on well, you're you're saying it's too difficult to start. You're saying you don't have the right equipment, that you know, you might not have the right space for starting a podcast. So, you know, she sent me a an app that I can do right off of my phone. And she's like, here, let me make it even easier for you. Let me just feed this to you. Will you do it now? And it was so funny, right? Because I didn't. <laughs> it still took me probably about seven months to actually open up the app and do something with it. And then I put it away for a while again. And so today I was like, you know what? I'm just going to start recording. I'm not going to put it anywhere. I'm just going to start speaking into the mic and seeing how it sounds. 
And I didn't realize that along with it sounding a certain way, it actually felt so great inside to do this, to finally start taking action on something that you've been wanting to do. Sit with that feeling once you start it. Sit with that feeling of doing the thing you've wanted to do and really feel how it feels in your body to, to commit. And for me, it's complete. I feel warm and complete. I feel strong and I feel like I don't want to stop. And I want to remember this for the day where it feels really hard to start again. I, I want to remember that it was hard to stop once I started because that is what's going to get me to do this again. And I think if we embody and stay present within the task that we're doing, not distracted, doing things distracted, distracted happens. I mean, we live such busy lives that we need to multitask everything. I encourage you to take a few moments in your day to really stay present with a task and maybe a difficult task. Like for me, sometimes it's cutting onions or cutting something that's going to slide out of my hand with a really sharp knife. Because in that moment, if you're not present, you're going to get cut. And so for me, I try, I try really hard not to do anything else because I want to make sure I'm not going to cut myself with that knife. And so staying present within yourself with the task, really feel how that feels within you and see if every time you do that task, you can bring back that memory of how it felt. And every time you don't want to do the task, for me, it's working out, convincing myself to just get up and move. I have to really remember and, and feel what it was like the last time I moved. And then I'm like, oh, yeah, that, that felt nice. Like, I remember feeling really good about moving. Even if I didn't feel so good in my body, even if something was hurting, it still felt good to move. For so many other reasons. I remember having a better day that day. I remember being a happier person that day. I remember having more energy that day. I remember just being more like better in all ways from doing that thing. And so I get up and I start doing my workout with the idea that I can bring back that feeling, that glimpse that I saw allows me to come back into it. And the more you can do that, the more consistent you can stay with whatever it is you're resisting that you know you want to do. So what does this have to do with my story as a South Asian queer person? Well, I knew for a very long time that I couldn't keep living in the closet. And I knew I felt best when I could tell somebody, hey, I like, I like people of the same sex. Or I like all people. <laughs> I'm attracted to many people of many genders. And it felt good to not have to carry this extra armor around and pretending to be somebody or something I wasn't just so I can fit into a box that was acceptable by the person in front of me. And so even if their reaction wasn't pleasant, it still felt 
powerful and important to hold my ground. And I had so many reasons not to do it and good reasons. They're always going to be good reasons. They're never bad reasons. They're your reasons. They're my reasons. And my reasons were safety. I was young. I didn't have finances or resources to take care of myself. So how was I going to go and tell my parents that, hey, (laughs) I think I want to marry a woman. How was I going to protect myself once I completely stepped into it and owned it? And so one of my biggest reasons was safety, security. And then there was also the shame, the guilt that came from, you know, this isn't what you're supposed to do. This isn't normal. It wasn't for me then. And this is well over a decade ago. And all two decades ago when I really started to contemplate it. And I just knew that the little sprinkles, the little glimpses that I gave myself when I would allow myself to truly be me to the full extent, I took that feeling and really felt it within me in a way that was unshakable, non-removable. You couldn't separate me from it. And when that grew strong enough, I knew I had to put in a plan. And the plan was I needed to become self-sufficient or at least be around people who would help me um, take care of me in ways that would allow for me to be myself and be safe. And so I slowly made steps that took me to that direction and came out and knew that I would no longer be living with my family, my birth family, once I came out. And that I also had to be prepared for whatever it was emotionally that they were going to experience with me. And I knew I needed to seek out therapy and help for myself to process those emotions. So there was a lot. There was a lot of prep work happening. And so, you know, when we look at why we're not starting something, why we're not doing something, we get so hung up on the why aren't we doing it? Like, why am I not doing this thing? Like, it's good for me. I need to just get over it, right? Suck it up, buttercup. But that's not how that's not that's not nice (laughs) be nice to yourself be gentle with yourself because I think just knowing that you want to do something that you want to change something in your life that's so grand allows you to put your put those wheels into motion whether you think you're doing that or not it's happening it's happening on a microscopic level one that you might not even be able to feel for yourself, know for yourself. It's not fully in your conscious awareness, but it's happening on a microscopic level. Something has changed within you the minute you say, I want, I need. The minute you do that, something within you has already changed for you to accept that you want or need something different or better or just elsewhere. 
And so things start to evolve in that direction. And the more you allow that I want and I need to take space, the more change happens to allow that to happen. And so that's what was happening for me. As I said, I can't live this way. I came up with all these ideas in my head. Maybe I'd marry a guy uh, just so I would make people in my life happy. But then eventually I could divorce the guy if I didn't want to be with the guy anymore. And then I could, you know, be with a, a woman. And like it was just the, the plans I was making in my head were so extravagant to make this change. And that's how things are at first. They're disorganized and grandiose and very out there, and they seem out there until you start to settle into what's happening, until the dust starts to settle from all the chaos of I want and I need. Because it feels like chaos when you first put it out there. At least for me, it did. So the first time I came out to my parents, yes, there was a first time, and there's probably been an 11th time. (laughs) The first time I came out to my family... It was terrifying, uh, but also freeing. There was a sense of relief that, ah, I don't have to pretend anymore. This is what it is, and now I have to deal with the fallout from it, which I may or may not have planned. I actually don't really remember a lot of the mini details on that, or, but I just know the feeling within me was, terrifying and exhilarating, exciting and freeing. I was like, yes, finally, I ripped off that band-aid. It hurts like heck. I ripped it off. But hey, there's a, there's a nice looking scab there. I can let it heal. That's cool. Feels nice. Actually, the air on that scab feels nice, even though it's a scab. And so that has stayed with me. The other times I've had to remind my family of who I think I am, who I know I am. That feeling, that embodiment of that freedom that I felt stayed with me and allowed me to continue to move forward along a path that I have chosen for myself, no matter how hard it feels some days and no matter how easy it feels some days. I'm unshakable from it because of that feeling that I got from doing it. It's like a thrill, right? It's that like rush that you get within your body when you feel something good that put it in a bottle and that bottle is me (laughs) it was that and so if there's something that's holding you back from taking a stand for yourself and I mean it could just be as simple as I mean nothing's really simple but you know what I mean simple as like eat that cookie (laughs) don't hold yourself back from it don't Guilt yourself out of it. Understand what you're doing. Own it. And then carry on with your life. 
it took so much energy out of me to hold this version of myself that was so comfortable for everyone else and comfortable for me with the guilt and the shame. It was so comfortable for me to be that person full of shame, full of guilt, <laughs> that it took so much energy to be that person that it stole from other places in my life that I feel like probably held me back in so many ways to experience other parts of my life because I was so busy and occupied with my shame, with my guilt, with my fear, which is fair. And once I could start to like break that apart and feel the freedom, break it apart, feel the freedom. And then I could start to allow myself to be myself in other places than just, you know, coming out. For so long, my identity was me coming out. And that's all I knew about myself. Like, I, you know, the first thing I introduced myself as is this South Asian queer person. I finally could then be, oh, I'm a rehab chiropractor. Oh, I'm actually a really good friend, or so I'm told. I'm a really good partner to my partner. I'm, I'm a really good neighbor to my neighbors. You know, like I, I could be so many different things and my identity wasn't just one thing. I could be anything I wanted once I could start to let go of the pieces of me that held me back. And so when I say who do I think I am and today I'm my excuses or my reasons. It's not a shameful or guiltful thing. It's who that part of me has allowed me to be and allows me to express and be here today with all of you sharing my voice, sharing the story. And hopefully this part of me <laughs> tomorrow well, remember how good this felt today to be able to do it again another day with you. And maybe someone else out there will join me in doing the same. If you're still here with me right now, thank you, thank you, thank you. As I wrap up the very first episode of Who Do You Think You Are? I'm Dr. Monica Chadda. I'm so grateful to all of you listening. If you'd like to be on the show shoot me an email. It's drmonicachadda at gmail.com, D-R-M-O-N-I-C-A-C-H-A-D-H-A at gmail.com. I'll be waiting for your email. If you have any feedback for me, if you'd like to share this, like this, comment, please do. And I look forward to seeing you in the second episode. Stay real, be you, be exactly who you think you are. Oh, 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 oh,